Being a cat can be damn tedious. People dangling bells and bits of string in your face all the time. Just be a dog. Run around, catch frisbees, pee on a fire hydrant. Life's more rewarding, and you get access to lots of treats. Catch Salty Talk Mondays and Wednesdays, and every Friday for Salty's weekend warm-up. 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Add a little salt to your life, and be more dog. How much you want for this beat? This beat. Five stacks? This beat. Like this beat ain't even for sale. Stop, I ain't even gonna hold you. Word to everything I love. The start I'm taking this shit the fuck back. Words bomb, my brother, no one could touch that. I'll make a hater wanna love my shit. And the whole entire industry can suck my dick. Niggas like me ain't gotta write 16. The battle rappers in the club hoping we might get seen. Listen, all over your fake freestyles, I'm pissing. Plus, I got permission from God to listen how I wanna. Now I'm gonna do what I wish to. Rap Lord, smack a floor and fuck your sister. You better recognize, son, I ain't playing. Close attention to everything I'm saying Cause I'm a one-man army And I promise you, your 13-man team cannot harm me Starving artists with a grudge Salty the jewelry, deep fry the judge Put them clowns under the prison Free innocent victims of the wicked system Give me the justice and the honor I'm due Swinging with orangutans, we belong in a zoo You better open up the blinds and let the sun shine Open up the blinds and let the sun shine Open up the blinds and let the sun shine Let the smoke cloud clear so the sun can shine Open up the blinds and let the sun shine Open up the blinds and let the sun shine Open up the blinds and let the sun shine Let the smoke cloud clear so the sun can shine You know I wanna take you out that outfit Ain't no doubt about it, you're silly girl South Philly girl You know I wanna meet you in the middle it ain't no puzzle or riddle, you feel me, girl? No feel yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, them West Philly chicks that make Jay kiss and overlook. I remember I used to stand outside of Overbroke. Wait until my joint came out. I was fucking Aisha before the song came out. Her best friend Keisha was a bit older. And she told her, Pay's got a boulder. Keisha was curious, so she had to try it. Still, I'd rather see Aisha in a violet sundress. Let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Let the smoke cloud clear so the sun can shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Let the smoke cloud clear so the sun can shine. Powers to be wanna keep rap trivial and cosmetic. That's pathetic and pitiful. I don't fall for it, nor will I stand for it. Genocide rap, little kids dance to it. Gunshots, helicopters in the neighborhood. But you got some new kicks, so the flavor's good. Just the other night, 13 shots rung. It took about a half an hour for the cops to come. That's sicker than the tip of an old toilet brush. Some people get a kick out of that shit. They should all get flushed. Poor people have been conditioned to accept horror. Imagine if Katrina would have hit Santa Barbara. People are sick. Drug companies got them dying. Bottom line is it's all about the bottom line. It don't take a genius guard. They can't cure a common cold, but they got a pill to keep your penis hard. Ain't no money in curing your stress and your strife. But take this tablet once a day for the rest of your life. It's a motherfucking joke, but ain't shit funny. This country's just a giant corporation trying to get money. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Let the smoke cloud clear so the sun can shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Let the smoke cloud clear so the sun can shine. 
Kill the butchers to cut you into profit. Bashar Raz from Raz Radio. Yeah, he's from Raz Radio. Razzes are gone. I'm your Sean Mother F and Raz. I'm with the Raz. I'm with the Raz right now. Where is Mother F and Raz? Join me, Sean Raz, for the first 52. Tuesday, 6 to 8 p.m., RazRadioLive.com. The simple power of truth. It's time for a TF-52 flashback. Hey, uh, real quick, I want to get your opinion on this, Rob. Uh, I'm just going to read you the headline. I'm sure uh, everybody knows about what happened to Hillary today. Uh, Clinton unable to testify before Congress on Benghazi purported concussion cited. Hmm. Well, I don't know whether she bumped her head no, she... Uh, or not, which generally, you know, bumping your head would leave you a concussion. But uh, I'm a type of guy where I'm in sales, okay? I, uh, you know, I, I deal in sales. Uh, my job is to get somebody to buy or my job is to take away somebody's money from them who has no interest in what I have or uh, doesn't need what I have, but uh, my job is to make them do so. And one of the things that I like to tell them is that, you know, you can make excuses or you can make money, but you can't do both. And obviously, in her case, she could make excuses or she could testify, but she can't do both. And she so obviously think- chose to make excuses mm-hmm. instead See- of testifying. And, you know, if we knew something, it was either going to come down to the fact that we would hear what Hillary had to say in regards to Benghazi and or there would be some excuse why she wasn't able to and obviously we got the excuse end of it today and uh, it's no surprise to me i'm not a uh, conspiracy guy but i will say that I, I i and it's not just because of my conservative leanings i do think though that, that there's there's got to be a reason she doesn't want to talk about it well no, no, that's shifty that's you talking right that's me uh, I'm not a conspiracy guy either. I used to be. I'm a conspiracy dropout. I'm a patriot dropout. I truly am. Believe me. I used to be the guy that was there handing out the DVDs. I used to be the guy
truth out there anymore i question that sometimes welcome to the first 52 razradiolive.com the disruption network the d radio confluence radio free blood radio chaos.live i mean all these places where you can find us and we are here it is tuesday june 20th 2017 this past weekend was a, a wonderful father's day weekend i hope all the fathers out there enjoyed themselves i'll get into my story uh very soon I got an interesting story from Father's Day to share with you guys. Of course, as usual, my beautiful wife is sitting right across from me. How you doing, honey? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm I'm awesome. I'm doing better, that's for sure. <laughs> and uh, all the way in Guatemala. <laughs> the four-toted one, Dave. How you doing, brother? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> I'm a little fired up. I'm a little wired tonight. Who knows? Uh, it's, it's been a long day. I got to drive to Orlando after the show tonight, so it's just like one of those. I'm going to be kind of spastic because you know how when I got a lot of things going on in my mind, I, I tend to think a lot and I, I move around a lot and I'm really quick with stuff. So that's going to be one of those shows tonight. I hope you're both ready. So you're going to starburst a lot, like usual. Yeah, basically, yeah, pretty much. Weird. <laughs> Imagine that. Me, me starbursting. I couldn't picture that right. happening. <laughs> How's the week been in, in uh, Guatemala, Dave? Did you have a good Father's Day up there? Uh, it was just a normal day for me. Just a normal day? <laughs> well, some of you people know what's going on with my son. Uh, so I haven't really been speaking to him much lately. And some of the really close people, which you actually know, uh, you know, my own father, you know, I just don't talk to either. So it was just another day for me. But uh, I did go through a 7.0 earthquake. Yeah, I heard. I, I saw that, man. How was your first experience in an earthquake? It was one thirty in the morning, and 
I don't know if you can hear that. Do you hear that? Yeah. Alright, that, I have metal windows, right? Metal, it's just shitty windows, you know, not American. And so they rattle, like when the wind, so I heard, and usually like when the wind, cause I have two, two windows, um, when it rains or when it's windy, I could hear it rattling a little bit. Uh, what, what woke me up was the rattling of the windows. And in my dream, my bed was shaking, right? So I, I think I put two and two together just as I was coming out of him, like, oh fuck. I'm in an earthquake. <laughs> I had to be so I woke up and it, you know, it was dark. You know, it was one thirty. It was dark. I mean, the street lights are still on, and I, I always keep the, uh, the 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 curtains over to the side, so the window. I, I you know, my room is always illuminated because of the street lights. Um, what I really should have done was I should have stood up, right? Because laying in bed, it just it just really feels like somebody's shaking the bed back and forth. You know, six eight inches in each direction, right? And I know the construction of this building, right? This this building was built by a gringo. This building is built to withstand hurricanes. So I like, and I'm I'm on the third floor, right? I love how gringo so calls another gringo. You know, it just it just flows out of his mouth. You know, he's heard it so much probably it's, in it's, there. It's gringo built, yeah. You know, it's not a it's not a uh, it's not a uh, disparaging it's not the remark, uh, technical you know? term. <laughs> Gringo built that that's the Guatemalan technical term for how Dave's house was built. The bill the, the the bar that I go to is called Gringo's Locos. You know, <laughs> we, we celebrate it. You know, so like I wasn't I immediately knew what was happening and I wasn't afraid. Right. Because right. I'd never gotten through one. I've never gone to one before. So I was like, all right, there's an earthquake. It's not that big a deal. And probably 10, 15 seconds after waking up, uh, it was over. And, you know, my 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 lights went out, whatever little lights I had on here, you know, because my my, you know, my computer's always on all the time. Um, and I could see, you know, the, the street lights went out for a second. And then things started to come back on. You know, it wasn't. It was. It was like a a, a power surge. So it wasn't and, like you know, a third like have, world. It wasn't a third world complete loss of everything. Obviously, no, not at all. Uh, and the episode. The cool thing is, the epicenter wasn't all that far away from where I am in it terms was like of twenty five thirty mileage. miles, wasn't it? Twenty five thirty miles. Yeah. Or, yeah. But but it was sixty seven miles down. Mm. God, it was further so, down than it was away. Right. All right. So consider this: when you see a you know a chemtrail plane in the air, right? That's five miles up. We call those persistent <laughs> contrails. Okay. I was just using terminology <laughs> you're familiar with. Um, so consider that it was sixty five, sixty seven miles down. And all right. So check this out. Right. So all said and done, five people died. Right. Well, that's not too bad. Two, in a third. Hold world on country. a second. It, it gets gets a little crazier. Two of them died because they got buried in rubble three women died because they had heart attacks because <laughs> it scared the, the oh lord out of them. jesus christ <laughs> well, that was a black woman them. dave that was not a, a guatemalan woman i don't know how to do catchy well, all right <laughs> i don't know how to do that <laughs> he's afraid they're going to hear him and then come hunt him down they'll hear him out the windows you know because he's got Isn't all the windows like open. adios meal or something adios meal. <laughs> right, adios right. Meal. <laughs> There we go. There we go. Well, that's uh, um, that's interesting to hear. You know, we don't have earthquakes here in Florida. Or, you know, we allegedly have had a few small, tiny ones that, you know, were uh, 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 Venezuela-based or something like that, I believe. Uh, But nothing we really feel here. So uh, it's got to be interesting. I've always wanted to go through an earthquake. I've always wanted to go through a a hurricane in Florida. I've been through hurricanes in Jersey, just never in Florida. (laughs) So, you know. Really? Yeah. Did you move down here in 04? No, I moved down here in 06. 
Oh, so you totally missed the Punta Gorda. You totally yeah, I missed Charlie. Control. Yeah, Charlie, I missed. That was a real blast for everyone. I want to yeah. make sure we talk yeah. about. Yeah, we can get in the. Well, we've talked about that before. Yeah. Uh, make sure I remind everybody. Seven o'clock. We got Mark Shaw from MarkShawBooks.com rejoining us. Uh, he wrote the reporter who knew too much. He joined me a few months ago. He's been on Bubba's show. He emailed me. He reached out to me uh, and emailed me about three weeks ago and said, "Hey, listen, uh, they're reopening the Dorothy Kilgren." Uh, investigation and the death of her and, and her connection to JFK. I'd like to come on and talk about it. So we'll have him at seven o'clock to see what his book. You know, I have a lot. I have a feeling a lot of this has to do around his book. So I'm looking forward to talking to Mark Shaw. Uh, MarkShawBooks.com. Uh, seven o'clock ish hour. We'll have him on. We're, we're just going to do our normal, our normal gathering of the intellect for the first hour. <laughs> and we will intellect. Yeah. Quote unquote. I did have quotation marks when I did that. Yeah. <laughs> and I will open up. All the I can fo- see is your wife. I, I can't see you. Yeah, I know. I like yeah. it that way. I'm, I'm making faces at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I will have the phone lines open for the first hour, 941-421-0401 if you uh, want to throw in your two cents. I know there's, it, it's, it's really real. I don't know how it is for you, Dave, up in Guatemala, but it's really like crazy trying to keep up with things nowadays. And, and it's, it's more than ever like just the process and the the amount of news and the amount of useless news it's it's tenfold of what it was five years ago uh it's it's yeah. ridiculous trying to keep up with it uh, so you should get your you should get your passport and bring your whole family down here because guess what when you're down here none of that shit matters oh none of it uh, and uh, uh nobody uh, cares Breaking news. Nobody here. cares. I don't have a breaking news sounder, uh, but we do have some breaking news that literally <laughs> just updated. Oh, keep going because I can lower you a little bit. <laughs> um, no, because it would be a good background of Dave going. But fresh terror in Brussels. Suspected suicide bomber threatened train passengers, shouts Allah Akbar, and triggers an explosive at city central station as he is gunned down by soldiers. A suspected suicide bomber blew himself up in a terrorist incident at the Belgium Capital Central Station tonight. Shots rang out soon after 8 p.m. as police and soldiers moved in to neutralize a suspect threatening civilians. Initially thought man had rucksack with explosives. I'm just reading the bullet points. Initially thought man had rucksack with explosives, but witnesses later claimed he tried to blow up a trolley. The Grand Palace where the Grand Place, a popular tourist spot, was evacuated because of fears the man might not be acting alone. So yet again, um, the, the, uh, the the what is that region? Uh, I mean, it's Western, but Brussels and England and that whole area. Yeah, Great what, Britain and, and, and that whole area. Yeah, a, a constant it, attack. France. It's not big. <laughs> not, well, I know. I'm, I don't mean England or the U.K. I'm just talking about that. whole. Well, they fall into the U.K., don't they, Brussels? I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> like, no, I never got that whole concentric circle shit, you know. This is England, this is Great Britain, this is Ireland. I, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, anyway, the point is, uh, that whole region, I don't know if I talked about, oh, I did. I talked about V for Vendetta last week and how uh, I really feel this connection and, and they're trying to to drive the terror in in that region. Really bad. I don't know if you saw, there was a a, a guy that drove into a mosque and he was a Christian individual I think this was in England or London, if I'm not mistaken, or that region. Again, that region uh, killed a bunch of people. But the they tried to the, the Muslims, the evil terrorist Muslims, you know, restrain this guy and, and you know tried, tried to keep him calm. 
Uh, so it, it's just, I don't know. I still see the V from Vendetta thing rolling over there. Are we going to see the next, like, big major medical chemical attack here from from ISIS who has drones now? And where are they getting all this crap? Oh, that's right, the U.S. government. All right. So <clears throat> every time uh, somebody does something, ISIS always claims credit for it. Yeah, you know, I could claim but, credit for it. I could say, that's, that's Raz Radio that did that. We're we're tired of it, right. and we're doing terrorist attacks, and they're doing it yeah. based on what we say. Did, did you see the one guy that crashed a car into, a, into a, uh, a police vehicle, and the only person he killed was himself? Yeah. The first thought I thought of, I was like, I, was like, I wonder if ISIS is going to claim credit for that. <laughs> but I'm sure they did, you know. But here's the thing. All right, so we know that ISIS has, you know, access to oil money and military-grade equipment and, you know, uh, American uh, military equipment. But yet, every attack that is done by one of these lone gunmen, or the two or three of them, you know, on the on London Bridge or the center, whatever bridge that was, um, it's just really low tech, you know. Nothing's really happening, but yet they claim um, responsibility for it. It's all fucking a dog and pony show, man. It really is, and it's just it's just a bunch of... Uh, extremist. I mean, because we have the same thing here in this country. That guy that fucking shot at the Republicans, you know, in the baseball field. You know, he was an extremist because uh, he was pissed off at what was going on. And or was he a revolutionist? Uh, well, it's one person. One side's a revolutionist. The other side, other side calls no, it an extremist. One, one man's terrorist is another man's revolutionist, or whatever we're going to call it. Freedom fighter. Yeah. Freedom fighter. Yeah, um, exactly. But what's the point? The whole everyone is fighting the establishment. You know. And as I see it, because I'm an anarchist, is the whole fucking system should go, you know, and then let's just let everybody do what they want. And, you know, let's arm ourselves and protect our own lives. And I bet you we'll get along a little bit better. Or it could you know? be a, it could be a great distraction from what what's going on in Syria with Russia, what's going on in North Korea, uh, what's going on in that whole region. Uh, and this is a great distraction to have terrorists blowing shit up constantly or shooting people or running cars into things. That's just a perfect distraction from the average person to pay attention to what's going on in the world, which the real thing's going on is that we shot down a, a, a Syrian army plane over Syrian mm -hmm. airspace, and now Assad is about ready to fucking flip shit. You know, he's cut no, off that, his... Putin said... Putin I meant said Putin. I meant Putin. Again. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Putin said, "If you do that again, that's you know, that's that's." And I kind of get it. You know, if if Russia shot down a Mexican um, jet, we would be right. We'd be like, "Don't, don't, don't these these brown people are our brown people to fuck with. You don't fuck with our brown people." Um, we would, you know, we would fight back. Um, but when you know that post you had earlier, and so did Dave from the uh, Red Pill page. You know, I'm not touching you because, you know... Uh, uh, I'm not Russian touching you. Fighter. I'm not touching you. <laughs> right. Look, if, if you can't... If people can't see that we're on the prelude to World War III, uh, then, then you're just fucking blind, you know? But we don't need to be. This I mean, is all stupid. This shit that's going on in the States right now... I'm down here... Well, it's Tuesday. I'm down here six or seven weeks now. And no, my perspective uh, of the... It was six weeks last week, seven or eight weeks. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Okay. I'm a month, month, month and a half uh, down here. And I just don't even give a fuck what's going on up there anymore. And, and having to deal with the people around this, this area. Now, all right, I'm 49 years old. I, I've lived in the United States for 49 and a half years, right? And now I'm in this country. I don't know the fucking language, right? But I could buy anything I want. 
just by going into a store and going, uh, uh, like t- there is a fucking music store not too far from me with all Wait, fucking DJ that, equipment. Was that Gorilla Grunts you're doing there, Dave? That's pretty much what I did at the uh. store today, right? Because one of one of my one of my quarter inch to three and a half millimeter, uh, my one of my plugs here is on my board is is just fucking up so much, right? I can't hear pro- properly, so I was like, I gotta get a new one, right? I went to the store, and I was like, uh, uh, and I kind of you know I grunted my way through, and the guy goes, no, 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 manana, right? Like he knew what I was talking about. I was like, I'll have him and I'll be here tomorrow. Right. Like, Fucking great. You know, and and they try they, they help me. They they help me try to, you know, get over the, the language. Nobody's standing in line with me. This motherfucker should learn the language in, in this country. They want my money, so they they acquiesce and they help me out. Unlike you know, the I'd convenience store, un- unlike the convenience store clerk here in America, I forget where it was. I yeah. heard it on another show today that refused to to help this guy until he learned English and sent him out of the store. Like I, I it's going to take me a couple of years to learn Spanish fluently, right? This is this, this is what I learned. I thought I would take me three months. It's going to take me three fucking years, right? <laughs> but one of the things I can't wait to do is when I'm in the states and I hear somebody speaking Spanish and can't get along, I'm going to get involved and be like, I'm just going to start speaking Spanish and help that guy out. Right. Yeah, you know? That's a great thing. Help and, humanity. Well, here everyone is so fucking nice. I, you know, it's just. You know, you know, like you go somewhere. Uh, I saw you from Jersey, and I'm from New York. And when we, I don't know about you, but when I went to like like Connecticut or Vermont or some other place, people were always like waving hello, good morning, good afternoon, blah blah blah. That's the way it is here all the fucking time. I can't walk five, I can't walk for five minutes without saying Buenos Dias to fucking five different people. Yeah, you know, see that's but see. That's your. That's how you make your environment. Um, I'm the same way. Lexi will tell you when we're. I just say hi to anybody. We're walking through the the, the fair or something. I'm I say, not hey, initi- how you doing? Hold, hold on. I'm not initiating the Buenos Dias. I'm I'm responding to it. What? People say nice things to me all the time, I and everyone that. just. We can fix and that. And it's not because I'm a big doofus gringo. It's just because I'm another person here. Right. You know? but what I'm saying here is we could fix that here in America if we all just did what I do or what Lexi, you know, just I, I try to, if right. I come within hi. five feet of somebody, right. I smile at them. I say hi. You know, yeah, if you make eye contact, say hello, maybe yeah. instead of going. Or just smile, even just smile and nod. That's more than enough. All right. So here's a random observation that I made about this place, right? I go up this entire town and say, Buenos Dias to 20 different people. Guess which color are the people I don't get to say that to? The white Other ones. gringos. <laughs> Other gringos. They, we, unless I know them, you know. Um, they, we, don't, we, we just like walk past each other. Every so often I'll try to do the head nod thing. Right. Um, and that kind of works. But, but I get more response from locals than I do uh, expats. That's interesting. Unless I'm, I'm at the bar. Just goes to show you like, Americans are assholes. So, I mean, that's really what that points out is we're just a bunch of dicks. Well, no, we're not all Americans here. There's Canadians. There's, there's, all, there's all kinds of people. Gringos doesn't mean Americans. They mean – It means – It means white man. White people. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, the, the lady that lives next door to me, she's Canadian. Um – Another, I know another woman that's here that's Canadian. Um, and, you know, I know another guy from uh, the Netherlands. Uh, oh, I love this fucking melting pot place. Uh, seriously, I wish you guys could come Dave down Dave loves Guatemala Hotel. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely coming back. Once I get I'm, my when shit I go home, Yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah. Well, we got time because now I'm blazing the trail. Um, and this is really oh, – let me tell you something about uh, rainy season here. It rains. I'm going to pull the microwave. 
I do not like rainy season here. <laughs> right? <laughs> because I've been in the house a lot, and you know, you guys know the path. You've seen the, I, you know, on my Facebook page, uh, it's muddy and dirty, and you know, it's just uh, I, I've crashed on that path three fucking times with the motorcycle. Maybe you should walk the bike down that path. Well, no, no, no. I, maybe I should not drink when I ride down that path. Well, that would make sense. What I, yeah. yeah. All, all four times I dumped the bike. All four times I was drunk. All right. So um, I want to. I want to hear this here. Hold on. Sit tight for a second, Dave. I want to hear what this has to say. The United States is inching closer to involvement in the Syrian civil war after U.S. forces shot down a Syrian fighter jet on Sunday. The incident is the fourth time in as many weeks that the United States has shot at pro-Syrian government forces, and it carries the potential for further escalation, particularly with Russia threatening to target U.S. aircraft that fly into parts of Syria. A statement from the U.S. military said it shot down the Syrian Su-22 in self-defense and after contacting Russian counterparts through the established deconfliction zone. Mm -hmm. The Syrian aircraft was bombing U.S.-backed forces fighting ISIS south of Topka. Yeah, I'm sure they're telling us all the truth there in that story. Uh, hold on a second. What are we doing in Syria again? Uh, nothing. We, we shouldn't be there. It's wait, none wait, of our no, business. No, Listen, a guy that lives in your neighborhood, Bob. Ask Bob why? Why did? Why did we go in there? Because they were chemical using chemical weapons against children, and then turns out we're using white phosphorus uh, uh, as well. You mean you mean uh, Larson? You mean Larson? Not Bob, Bob. Vanderfries. Bob oh, Vanderfries oh, Bobby V. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yes. Now. Yeah, yeah. I know uh, other people. I love the guy. He's just right. Whatever it happens to be, they're just so far up Trump's ass that no matter what he does is right, despite the fact that he, you know, the military is doing the same exact thing that, for the reason why we went in there. Um, I would just. <sighs> There's no evidence, first of all, that Assad not, did any of that. Well, why are we getting involved in its sovereign states affairs? I don't know. I because if that's the case, then why are we involved in all 210 um sovereign states on this planet why are we why 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 are we only involved in 20 of them because there's not you a know, pipeline that needs to be put through us <laughs> there's no pipeline that needs to be put through that the other more ones. right that is more correct than 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 most people will willing to admit that is very true all right dave let's take a quick break uh we do we're going to go a full hour in the second hour there with mark shaw so i want to take a quick break uh, refresh everything that we got going on here. We'll uh, we'll get into my Father's Day and and uh, what happened to me and uh, some more conversation, some more topics. All right, all right, all right. That's what I was waiting for. All right, guys, you listen to First Fifty Two Raz Radio Live and all those other places. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Just sit tight. I'm Sean Raz, and I screw words up. Stay tuned. The First Fifty Two will be right back. To cut you into profit. Sean Raz from Raz Radio. Yeah, he's from Raz Radio. Raz is our guy. I'm your Sean Mother F and Raz. I'm with the Raz. I'm with the Raz right now. Where is Mother F and Raz? Join me, Sean Raz, for the first 52. Tuesday, 6 to 8 p.m., RazRadioLive.com. The simple power of truth.
You got a like a little internet or podcasting show or something? Chocolate drop. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, buddy. What sure. is the chocolate drop a show about? Chop a drop? Drop it on us. I kind of know. I will not listen if you don't tell me what it's about. It's about uh, uh, hip-hop. Rat turd Politics. Man skewing. Music. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, buddy. Chocolate. It's every other guy that's got a podcast around here, okay? And where can people find the chocolate show? It's man skewing, yes? Rat turd RazRadioLive.com. There you go. Okay. And when does it air? Buddy? Saturdays, 1 o'clock Eastern Time. Okay. And where can people find the chocolate show? RazRadioLive.com. There you go. I wish you the best, the, to- the chocolate drop. And so basically, it's about every other person that's not in real radio that's trying to get in radio and do a show. Rat turd Knock yourself out, kid. Rat turd The RazRadioLive.com. There you go. It was a calm, cool night in the streets where things are gritty in the lounge on the east side of town in New York City. Where the rich show face in the air is something sleazy. Suit and ties get away from their wives, the women easy. An upscale atmosphere with some wallow, consumed by material life inside the hollow. Like the chick at the bar smoking on a cigar quick. Her heart pumps fast, as staring sharp as guitar picks. She sees a man with another skirt, the type to triple her net worth for making your neck jerk. And that's a goddamn shame. Cause she was packing a nine and a crime was no game. So I'm ducking to a restroom. Followed suit and lick shots as the bass went boom. She can't remember how she got in this place. Took a look in the mirror but didn't recognize her own face. When I'm singing, my heart's bleeding for someone else. So what I'm seeing, I'm leaving up on the shelf. When I'm sleeping, I'm dreaming. More like love at first sight Around midnight We might just see a bar fight It never fails Now that Mickey's out of jail He was Jimmy's friend The one that left the phony paper trail Heard he got cold feet So we got off the street But he was in too deep The man was never the same And now his new thing looks like Alcohol and cocaine And in the streets that's fresh But up in here this place It's nothing but stress Can a man be changed? In an insane world, the crazy man becomes king Or is it just this place? That's known to steal your soul, I hope you brought your suitcase Or was it just too late to go back in time before his chick blue face? When I'm singing, my heart's bleeding for someone else So what I'm seeing, I'm leaving up on the shelf When I'm sleeping, I'm dreaming of somewhere I needed extra cash, but still not enough. He started moving packs. No need for crack. This place was upscale. Ecstasy and coke were number one on the sales. No worries about jail. He had cops on the books. One week he had your fix, as well as the crooks. But tonight he was shook, caught by the devil's eye. Red dress, blowing smoke, hand resting on his eyes, shine like diamonds in the sky. He stopped for a minute, but had to keep moving and add another digits. He was trying to live it, the American dream, a life full of schemes obtained by. Means. He tried to up the profit by trying to mix it up, but the word on 
the street is that it wasn't good enough Joe met him at the club, said they had to talk Just come with me and let's take a little walk When I'm singing, my heart's bleeding for someone else So when I'm seeing, I'm leaving up on the shelf When I'm sleeping, I'm dreaming of someone else I got my reasons, I'm not leaving this to no It's the old American double standard, you know, say one thing, do something different. And of course the country is founded on the double standard, that's our history. We were founded on a very basic double standard. This country was founded by slave owners who wanted to be free. Am I right? A group of slave owners who wanted to be free. So they killed a lot of white English people in order to continue owning their black African people so they could wipe out the rest of the red Indian people and move west and steal the rest of the land from the brown Mexican people, giving them a place to take off and drop their nuclear weapons on the yellow Japanese people. You know what the motto? You know what the motto of this country ought to be? You give us a color, we'll wipe it out. You got it. So anyway, about 80 years after the Constitution is ratified, 80 years later, the slaves are freed. Not so you'd really notice it, of course. <laughs> Just sort of on paper. And that was, of course, during the Civil War. Now there's another phrase I dearly love. That is a true oxymoron if I've ever heard one. Civil War. Do you think any country could really have a civil war? <laughs> Say, pardon me. <laughs> I'm awfully sorry. I'm off this side. So. Now, of course, the Civil War has been over for about 120 years, but not so you'd really notice it. Because we still have these people called Civil War buffs. People who thought it was a really keen war. And they study the battles carefully and they try to improve on the strategies and the tactics to increase the body count in case we have to go through it again sometime. In fact, some of these people actually get dressed up in uniform once a year and go out and refight these battles. You know what I say? Use live ammunition, assholes, would you please? You might just raise the intelligence level of the American gene pool. But what do you expect? Hey, come on, this is a warlike country. We come from that northern European, basically the northern European genes, the blue eyes, those blue eyes. Boy, everybody in the world learned real quick, didn't they? When those blue eyes sail out of the north, you better nail everything down, motherfucker. <laughs> nail it down, strap it down, or they'll grab it. If they can't take it home, they'll burn it. If they can't burn it, they'll fuck it. <laughs> That's what happened to us. 
And it's a warlike country. Come on. I mean, forget foreign policy. Even the domestic rhetoric is warlike. Everything about our domestic policy invokes the thought of war. We don't like something in this country, we declare war on it. The war on poverty, the war on drugs, the war on crime, the war on AIDS, the war on cancer. We got the only national anthem that mentions fucking rockets and bombs in the goddamn thing. You know what I mean? All right. Hey guys, it's Popeye from FederalJack.com. You're listening to The First 52, where you can hear the inmates run the insane asylum. Boy, look at me in my face. Tell me that you're not just about this place. You really think I could be replaced? No. All right, guys, welcome back. First 52, RazRadioLive.com, Radio Free Blood, Radio Chaos, Radio Confluence, and the D from the Disruption Networks. <laughs> All right, guys, I hope you got a good break on. You know how I like to do it, get some things together, a little comedy bit there we're gonna we're gonna have some conversation some more and then mark shaw will be joining us around seven o'clock so obviously we'll take a break here in about 20 minutes or so do a little more talking dave i got you back there uh yeah there. I, I gotta say that that carlin bit was great wasn't it perfect for the times we're living in right now uh, i i have not even heard that before but it was fantastic i think you should put that in rotation it's an older one yeah i'll have to download that one it's 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 definitely an older because you could tell he looks good <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's a sin that we lost somebody like that. You know, all the influential people uh, seem to be passing off. Uh, I don't know, Dave, you remember me saying a few years ago about how I felt the life expectancy was going to start dropping rapidly in the next 10 to 20 years. And all of a sudden we're seeing people die in their 40s, 50s and 60s, even rapider than before. Well, part of that is because um, people aren't taking care of their own health they're actually deferring their health to a healthcare system that really isn't healthcare sorry had to correct (laughs) correct no you (laughs) we're on the same page on this one uh you know and it's it i kind of understand it because you know 49 years old it wasn't until i turned 49 where i actually started taking care of my own self you know I, i cut out sugar i tried to cut out alcohol uh i've lost 30 pounds uh i feel better than i ever have uh, in my life, well, not my life, but in the last, you know, 15 years. Um, uh, and that's because I've taken charge of my own health, you know? Oh, yeah. Not only that, I'm in a fucking place where there's no GMOs anywhere. I couldn't find bad food if I searched for it down here. There's no, there's no McDonald's. There's no Burger King. Although, there is a, there is Taco Bell. Let me tell me there's Taco Bell. I swear to God, though, there's a fucking Domino's pizza at the ne- in the next town over. I was riding up, and it, it, there's a banner across the road, and I could, you know, I have no Spanish, but I could read that. I totally knew that there was a Domino's in that town. <laughs> I almost want to order it just to order, say I ordered Domino's. Just to have some pizza. Guatemala. Right. Because you haven't had any pizza yet, right? That was the one thing you were missing down there. I know that was yours and Salty's big thing. Well, it turns out there's a lot of pizza places here, but because of my um, lack of uh, language skills, I have not gone to any pizza places. I went to one, but I, I had a calzone. I didn't have a pizza, but Ooh, but uh, I can't. It, it's it's you know what? I'm not I'm not I'm not expecting it to be. I bet you <laughs> won't. I bet you won't find a stromboli as good as Tony's. Uh, I'm pretty sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> until all right. I'm not going to find that until I get you down here and then have you open up a restaurant. We make it ourselves, right? Exactly. Yeah. If you guys ever come to my area, my neck of the woods, don't come see me. Go see Tony's Pizza because, oh, my God, it's it's the closest thing to home I can find in my area. And, uh, you know, it's it's definitely well worth the visit. 
Just come to just come to go to that, Tony's. Not, not only that, they come out and they talk to you. You know, they take care of you. It's kind of again it reminds me of the, the the places that I went into in New York. You know, I knew the owners because I was going there for fucking years. You know, they would just come out and talk to me and be like, "What's up? Sit down." They'd order shit for me and and make me pay for it too. But they would order shit. You know, but it was just great. You know, they would order shit for you and make you pay for it. That's funny as hell. That just makes me laugh. Um, since you left uh, your little hometown area there, um, you know, up in the Tampa region, Dave, um, mm-hmm. some things have happened, obviously. I think it actually happened right as you were leaving. I'm in communication with this, uh, with the ex-fiance, or I hate to say ex-fiance, the widowed fiance, I guess we could call it. Does that make sense? Of uh, Nick Provenza. Prov- Provenza. Nick Provenza. Uh, he was a Tarpon Springs man shot dead by a Tarpon Springs police officer. Have you seen this story? I know I've shared it. It's probably like a year and a half ago, right? No, it was this past this past May. What? Yeah, it was May. He was shot down on May. The first week of May. Where the hell is it here? Blah, blah, blah. May 3rd. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was either in town or planning to leave town. Yeah, it was just as you were getting ready to leave. Uh, yeah, I, I came back to 4th and... I came back the fourth and left the ninth, so uh, and I had shit to take care of in those five days. Uh, all right, so 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 explain me what happened. Well, he was at, he has a history of mental problems. Uh, he uh, allegedly uh, escaped from his big. Wait a minute! Rack. Wait a minute! This was on, this was on nineteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, I remember. Yeah, it was, that. At, okay. it was at a car show. It was at a custom uh, uh, antique car show uh, up in Tarpon Springs there. Uh, mm-hmm, I wonder mm-hmm. if they have. Let me see if we have audio. Yeah, here. all right. But here's the deal, because I, I totally remember posting this. The guy came after him with a knife. That's well. well that's what the cops say, Dave. The witnesses say right, they well, didn't see a knife. Ha- all right. Well, having you know, because I have a concealed weapons permit, uh, and I carry a gun with me everywhere when I'm in Florida. Um, let me ask you a question. Somebody- I, let me ask you a question, because I know where you're going, and I agree with you. I would I would do the same thing as a civilian. Oh, May six is when it happened. Uh, I would do the same thing if I was a civilian and mm-hmm. somebody came charging at me with a knife. Absolutely. But then again, I'm not wearing body armor. I don't have a taser. I don't have a club. I'm not trained I could as be wearing well. an Iron Man suit. I could be wearing an Iron Man suit. I'd fucking shoot that motherfucker. Seriously. Uh, okay. This, this is not because of me, because I see a threat. You also, did, I, you I, also didn't just take a, a specialized course in order to handle these situations. You also, That's you also, wait, let me finish. If you would also, after you fired to protect yourself, you would go render eight. You would go help that person. I know I would. I don't know uh, if you would, but I would go try to save that person after I fired to protect myself and my family. So if you watch the video of the okay. shooting, did you watch the video of the shooting? Do you remember? You No, I did not. Okay. I did not. But, but, but just based on your conversation, right? So, so because uh, the police officer had special training, he deserves special rights. Here's the thing. For five years, we were talking about cops don't deserve special rights. Badges don't grant extra rights. So I have to actually um, uh, go in the mindset of the cop that's in my mindset. Okay. okay? Not – not. Um, oh, you sent me the link. I just sent you the video. It. Yeah, watch the video. <laughs> watch the video while you're talking. You don't need to – all I want you to see, Dave, is what the cop does after he shoots him. As a matter of fact, should I play it live so you can hear it? You know, that no, I, well, you, you can describe it because we're no longer video anymore. Um, well, hold on, you can hold on, describe hold on. it. I'm going to describe it. Let me play this here. Hold on. 
what we have here in the video is a man laying on the ground, twitching, and the cop. Listen, hold on, hold on. That was a cop yelling "fuck." He went "fuck," and he's pacing back and forth and back and forth next to the body as the guy lays there twitching on the ground. Then what happens is these other cops arrive to the situation. He wasn't really that close to the body. He kind of like kept his distance. He's right. He's walking right around it. I'm watching. Should, you want, should I play it up there for you? Almost on right. the sidewalk. So what they do, what they do is the other cops arrive, Dave, right? And they take the cop to the side and they all circle and hug each other and leave this man dying on the floor. Not one other cop in the area out of four cops walking around render aid to this man. Even if the shooter didn't render aid, some uh, one of the other cops should have rendered aid. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, it's it, that's a that's an iffy thing, man. It's an iffy thing because look. All right, so so all right, so in six months from now, I'm probably going to be living within five minutes of you, right? Hopefully, if you guys can find me a good place. Um, and let's just say, Dave, you call me up, Dave. I just shot somebody with your gun, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, hopefully, it'd be transferred to my name by that time, right? Because I live five minutes from you, I would be there in two and a half minutes, right? <laughs> and what do you think the first thing I'm going to do is? Check on me. I'm going to check on you. Your wife and your son, right? right. I'm not going to concern myself with the guy that you just shot. But I'll probably, right? I'll probably be rendering aid to the guy who just shot, though, is what I'm saying. All right. That's you, okay? That's not me. And, I, and I look, this is, a bad, this is a bad thing that happened here. Um, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to lay it on, on – I'm going to lay the blame on fucking the, 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 the medical the, – the legal uh, antidepressants that are out there. And this is just another thing. All right, look. The one of the, one of the good things that happened with the Chris Cornell suicide was that the wife admitted that he had overdosed on a, a specific pill that the um but you know they came back and said you know they came back and said that it was it wasn't the pharmaceuticals that no. killed him no 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 they did it wasn't the toxicity of the pharmaceuticals right that killed him right but but the they didn't effect. talk right no, the but, side effect of the drug right next I, week I guys up on that rock. I, I picked up as soon as I saw that, saw that story. I fucking posted that right away. I was like, "Yeah, the toxicity of the pills didn't kill him, but what happened? What killed him was the uh, the the quote unquote side effect." And I'm going to say this next week, guys. Dave and I are going to. I know if you've been a long time listener, we're going to go back to the mumble system. So this is going to sound a lot better. We, you know, with him in Guatemala, the the rats are running a little slow in his computer, so we need to make sure we got everything lined up so it works a little better. So that is something we're working. on. I just want to let the listeners know that. Why do people not hear me well? No, you're coming through good, but we're walking on each other, and it's just I'm sure it's not coming out great. But that's because yeah. it's the, of the delay, and we're going to fix that just like we used to. It's no big deal. No, I, I already fixed it. We just got to implement it. Well, you know, I was a little busy trying to get my boat out of the bottom of the <laughs> canal. I'm so sorry to see that. That that was. I swear to God, I saw that, and then the next morning, and it really kind of broke my heart because I know I I kind I understand where you're coming from, man. I had I had bought a brand new boat. Well, not a brand new boat. I bought a boat. Uh, and I did all these things to get it in the water. I got it in the water. Uh, I rode my, I had to ride my bicycle back to go get my truck and trailer, and I got dropped off the trailer up in fucking uh, Port Ritchie. Right? I drove back to my condo. My, I had a fucking foot and a half of water in my boat. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I've, I've left this thing here for like two and a half hours, and this thing almost sunk. I had to actually bring an extension cord my battery charger just to keep the fucking bilge pump going. And uh, oh. I did that for two weeks, and uh, I, I took it off, and 
I lost that boat. So I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah, you saw mine. Uh, for those listening on Father's, we, I, I, my father gave me a boat about a year ago, a little over a year ago. I kept it in storage until I had the money and the ability to to do the repairs necessary, yeah. register it, insure it, get it ready to go in the water. I put it in the water Saturday morning. We go out. My wife and I go out. We have a beautiful day. I even tea like everybody. Everybody kind of threw it in my face because I did that. Uh, that uh, Facebook Live video, Dave. Did you see that? Are you jealous? Yeah. <laughs> yeah are, are you, you jealous? jealous? I was like, man, if that isn't karma. Yeah, and then. Uh, but when no, about hold on a second. I got to admit, I was jealous. <laughs> I shouldn't say jealous. I was envious. Yeah. Because normally, if I was still in the states, I would have met on that boat with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so uh, we went back. We hung out. We checked out all these great spots. It was the first day on our boat by ourselves, just just enjoying mm-hmm. the day and. We take it back and tie it up. We had rented a wet slip for the weekend. And uh, I'm on my way at 8 o'clock in the morning on Sunday, Father's Day, to oh. to to go you know, load it up so I can yeah. go pick up my father. And I was just going to get all the stuff we needed on there. You know me, Dave. I take a bunch of shit when I go out. So he comes in, kind of like wakes me up. He's like, hey, I'm going to go load up the boat if you want to start getting ready. And I'm like, oh, all right. It's about 8 o'clock in the morning at this point. He leaves, and I thought, I'm going to sleep for 15 more minutes, and I get a call literally three minutes later, and it's the marina on the phone, and they're like, hey, sorry to call you so early. I was like, oh, that's okay. Who's this? And she's like, oh, this is Ellen from the marina, and I'm like, really? Okay, what's up? And she was like, yeah, you're boat sank. Do you have insurance? (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) I was like, I have to call so my you, husband before he gets there. Seriously, right now. So wait a minute, you found out before Sean did, and Sean was on his way over there. Yeah, she yes. called me literally. Like the marina is what, like eight minutes away from your house? Not even. She called me two minutes before I got there. It was, yeah, uh, it was devastating. It was a really. I mean, my father gave me this boat when we were going to try to keep it, uh, you know, in the family mm-hmm. for a while and make it, you know, like this whole thing and. Uh, All right. Like, here's I, the deal. I, I, you remember the last time I was at your house? I, we went and looked at it, right? Right. And I I knew that that, that was a it was a that was a um, a handyman special, you know. And you know, as much as experience that we have with fixing things, I wasn't too sure that that was going to work out. But I was like, all right, go you know do it, you know, blah blah blah. Let's see what happens. And I'm sorry to say that. Uh, Put shit in the water, man. It could sink. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, you, 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 all right. So you know what my problem was with my boat when I put it in the water? It was a pinhole leak because uh, I had a V8 engine in mine. So there was a, a Y pipe that comes from the exhaust uh, down into the outdrive and then and pushes it out the outdrive. It was a pinhole just below the surface of the water. So with the two and a half hours that I was was, was not there, um, it had put – it filled in enough to, you know, right, right, because if I was another hour, hour and a half away, the boat would have been sunk. Right. Like, well, it wasn't until I got there, I was like, fuck, turn the bilge pump on <laughs> under the, under the, you know, water, you know, and I, I got that thing, I got it floating again. So, you know, this is the shitty thing about owning boats, you know, because you're, uh, bad things can happen. Yeah. And I feel bad for you guys. That's unfortunate, but we had insurance, so, you know, hopefully it'll all work out well in the end, and we'll see what happens and how it goes. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, 
It was it made for a really rough Father's Day. I was, I was probably a hard yeah. person to deal with. I would definitely guess yeah. for a hard, I was a hard person to deal I was with. Ready to run away. <laughs> Lexi wanted out. I want out now. All right, guys, we got uh, Mark Shaw coming up here. I need to take a break and uh, reset and get him dialed up and and everything ready for that. So we'll be back with you here in a couple minutes. Just sit tight. I'm sure everybody wants to hear what has Mark Shaw done. What has he caused? Sit tight. We'll be back.
On the morning of September 11th, 2001, 19 men armed with box cutters directed by a man on dialysis in a cave fortress halfway around the world using a satellite phone and a laptop directed the most sophisticated penetration of the most heavily defended airspace in the world. Overpowering the passengers and the military combat trained pilots on four commercial aircraft before flying those planes wildly off course for over an hour without being molested by a single fighter interceptor. These 19 hijackers, devout religious fundamentalists who like to drink alcohol, snort cocaine, and live with pink-haired strippers, managed to knock down three buildings with two planes in New York. While in Washington, a pilot who couldn't handle a single-engine Cessna was able to fly a 757 in an 8,000-foot descending 270-degree corkscrew turn to come exactly level with the ground, hitting the Pentagon in the budget analyst office where DOD staffers were working on the mystery of the $2.3 trillion that Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld had announced missing from the Pentagon's coffers in a press conference the day before, on September 10th. 2001. Luckily, the news anchors knew who did it within minutes. Osama bin Laden. The pundits knew within hours. Osama bin Laden. The administration knew within the day. Terrorists who committed these acts and those who harbored them. And the evidence literally fell into the FBI's lap. That a hijacker's passport was found blocks from the World Trade Center crash site, if you can believe that. But for some reason, a bunch of crazy conspiracy theorists demanded an investigation into the greatest attack on American soil in history. That investigation was delayed, underfunded, set up to fail, a conflict of interest, and a cover-up from start to finish. It was based on testimony extracted through torture, the records of which were destroyed. It failed to mention the existence of WTC-7, Able Danger, P-TECH, Sibel Edmonds, OBL and the CIA, and the drills of hijacked aircraft being flown into buildings that were being simulated at the precise same time that those events were actually happening. It was lied to by the Pentagon, the CIA, the Bush administration, and as for Bush and Cheney, well, no one knows what they told it because they testified in secret, off the record, not under oath, and behind closed doors. It didn't bother to look at who funded the attacks because that question is ultimately of little practical significance. Still, the 9-11 Commission did brilliantly answering all of the questions the public had, except most of the victim's family members' questions, and pinned blame on all the people responsible, although no one so much as lost their job, determining the attacks were failure of imagination because... Nobody in our government, at least, and I don't think the prior government that could envision flying airplanes in the buildings. Except the Pentagon, FEMA, NORAD, and the NRO. The DIA destroyed 2.5 terabytes of data on able danger, but that's okay because it probably wasn't important. The SEC destroyed their records on the investigation into the insider trading before the attacks, but that's okay because destroying the records of the largest investigation in SEC history is just part of routine record keeping. NIST has classified the data that they used for their model of WTC-7's collapse, but that's okay because knowing how they made their model of the collapse would jeopardize public safety. The FBI has argued that all material related to their investigation of 9-11 should be kept secret from the public, but that's okay because the FBI probably has nothing to hide. This man never existed, nor is anything he had to say worthy of your attention, and if you say otherwise, you are a paranoid conspiracy theorist and deserve to be shunned by all of humanity. Likewise him, 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 and her and her, and her, and him. Osama bin Laden lived in a cave fortress in the hills of Afghanistan, but somehow got away. Then he was hiding out in Tora Bora, but somehow got away. Then he lived in Abbottabad for years, taunting the most comprehensive intelligence dragnet employing the most sophisticated technology in the history of the world for a decade, releasing video after video with complete impunity and getting younger and younger as he did so, before finally being found in a daring SEAL team raid which wasn't recorded on video, in which he didn't resist or use his wife as a human shield, and in which these crack special forces operatives panicked and killed this unarmed man, supposedly the best source of intelligence about those dastardly terrorists on the entire planet. Then they dumped his body in the ocean before telling anyone about it. Then a couple dozen of that team's members died in a helicopter crash in Afghanistan. This is the story of 9-11, brought to you by the media which told you the hard truths about His head could be seen to move violently forward. And 
They took the babies out of the incubators. And mobile production facilities. And the rescue of Jessica Lynch. If you have any questions about this story, you are a batshit, paranoid, tinfoil, dog-abusing baby hater and will be reviled by everyone. If you love your country and or freedom, happiness, rainbows, rock and roll, puppy dogs, apple pie, and your grandma, you will never, ever express doubts about any part of this story to anyone. Ever. This has been a public service announcement by the friends of the FBI, CIA, NSA, DIA, SEC, MSM, White House, NIST, and the 9-11 Commission. Because ignorance is strength. Ladies and gentlemen, the very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, the process to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not public. Welcome back to the first 52, guys. You're listening here on RazRadioLive.com, Radio Free Blood, Radio Chaos, Radio Confluence, and the D, Disruption Networks. Obviously, I'm playing something very prolific, something very important as to what we're going to converse about tonight. We've had Mark Shaw on before, MarkShawBooks.com. He wrote a book called The Reporter Who Knew Too Much. It was all about the Dorothy Kelgren story of how she was investigating what happened to JFK. Mark, do I have you over there, my friend? You do for sure. Thank you. Excellent, excellent. It's nice to speak with you again. I appreciate your uh, your talking to me. I enjoyed it so much the last time. Yeah, we really had a good time. Uh, let me introduce you to who else is sitting in the in the room with me here. My wife, uh, Lexia. Lexi, how you doing, baby? Say hi to Mr. Mark, well. Mark Shaw. Very uh, well. Terrific. Hi, Mr. Shaw. Terrific. Nice to meet you. And, uh, of you course, too. way out in Guatemala, we were talking about that when I called you there, my... My co-host, Dave. Dave, you there, buddy? Oh, he might be off wandering. He might have had somebody come to the door. Dave, are you there? Now, we'll go back to him in a minute here. So, Mark, I want to welcome you back again. Uh, You sent me an email a couple weeks ago uh, saying that uh, some new things have happened. And I want to remind everybody about your book, uh, The Dorothy Kilgren Story. Real quick, um, like maybe a minute and a half, two minutes, refresh everybody's mind of that story, that book. Sure. Um, well, you know, Dorothy was a, an amazing woman. She was a, a media icon, as we say in the subtitle for the book. Um, no one can match her today. Uh, she had various careers. Of course, most people remember her, Sean, from What's My Line, the game show where they guessed people's occupations. She was the star there, and that's all I really knew about her uh, when I began this quest to, to, to see what happened to Dorothy in 65. Uh, but she was a crack investigative reporter who covered many of the high-profile trials of the 20th century, Dr. Sam Shepard, that became the fugitive uh, motion picture, the Lindbergh baby kidnapping uh, case, all of those, and, of course, the Jack Ruby trial that we can talk about. 
And she was a syndicated uh, journalist for the Hearst uh, Syndicate to, to about 200 newspapers across the country. And you have to remember that back then in the 60s, everybody got their news from the newspaper. There wasn't the Internet. Television was in its infancy and all of that. So, you know, the New York Post uh, called her the most powerful female voice in America. Ernest Hemingway said she was the greatest female writer in the world. She was at the top of her profession back in the 50s and 60s. Um, and, and you know, uh, it's hard to imagine uh, that uh, being the case because at that time, of course, it was tough for women. Your wife, I'm sure, can recall that in the 50s and 60s, women weren't supposed to be in the back seat. They were supposed to be in the car behind. So she overcame a lot of obstacles uh, to climb up to becoming uh, what I believe is probably the most respected reporter, at least uh, one of them in history. Okay, yeah, and and... She she started investigating uh, what happened to JFK, and unfortunately, right. she mysteriously is no longer with us after that. Uh, right. I, I can kind of fill you in there. Basically, she knew JFK uh, uh, socially, and he had befriended her uh, son, and so when he died, uh, it was personal for her. And anyone who knew Kilgallen in the book, uh, you'll see primary sources who knew her, and the videos are up on the DorothyKilgallenStory.org. Those people are new of the best. Talk about her and how obsessed she could become with a story, and that's what happened with the JFK assassination. She immediately got uh, in contact with her best sources, Sean. She looked within the Dallas Police Department. Then she went to the Jack Ruby trial. She was the only reporter to interview Ruby twice. And, of course, the big expose she had was shortly thereafter uh, when she exposed Ruby's testimony before the Warren Commission, before it was supposed to be released. And people can watch a video by one of her hairdressers and closest friends who say that's when all the trouble started, when all the enemies started circling because they knew she was writing a book for the for Random House that would expose those she thought uh, were involved in the JFK assassination. And the hairdresser says, you know, um, she told me that if the wrong people knew what I know about the JFK assassination, it would cost me my life. And on November 8, 1965, not too much longer after that, she was found dead in her Manhattan apartment. Mark Shaw, Mark, Mark Shaw, MarkShawBooks.com, uh, DorothyKilgrenStory.org, is that correct? Yeah, it's actually, uh, some people have pronounced it that way. We use Kilgallen, but that's Kilgallen. close enough, and... Um, so, yeah, those are the places to look for the information, especially those videos, people who've bought the book, and it's just taken off, become a bestseller, and I just love it because so many people have learned about Dorothy who didn't know anything about her because, as you know, Sean, uh, you talk about cover-ups, boy. Uh, you're a man of the truth, and it bothers you like it does me because right after she died, even though there was a staged death scene and all kinds of questions about her death, there was absolutely no investigation of any kind. Yeah, you know, it's really scary when you see that kind of stuff. And uh, I, I guess some – I don't know if your book had a direct influence on this at all, if it had anything to do with it, which I'd like to believe it does. And it's not very often that uh, people actually read a book and then act upon it. So you emailed me a couple weeks ago and said, hey, I've got some yeah. great news. I got – you know, they're actually moving forward. So bring us up to speed as to sure. what's going on, sure. like what happened. Well, you have to imagine the police department, you know, uh, her body was found around 9 o'clock in the morning after her last What's My Line uh, television show, and we can go into what happened to her the night before and what we think happened. But the police walk in, and she's in a bedroom she never slept in, in a bed she never slept in, wearing eyelashes, makeup, and a hairpiece she never wears to bed, wearing bed clothes she never wore to bed. I mean, it doesn't take a 
brain surgeon to realize there's a staged death scene there. But regardless of that, there was no investigation. And so once I gathered all of my uh, my fresh evidence, I sent a letter to the New York District Attorney's Office, Cyrus Vance, Jr., that's the former Secretary of State's uh, son, and said, look, uh, I don't care if, uh, if a murder happened. Uh, Dorothy Kilgallen was murdered. It wasn't an accidental death, and I proved that through forensics and new evidence. I said, you know, it doesn't matter if somebody was killed two days ago, two years ago, or 52 years ago. Uh, if that person is a victim, that person has rights, and Dorothy was denied the justice she should have had in 1965. Uh, how about investigating the case now? Well, people kind of laughed at me for doing that because, as my litter agent said, well, Mark, they're going to tell you that, listen, we had, 50, we had 25 murders in the Bronx last night. We don't have time to look into a case 52 years old. But they are, and it was announced in the New York Post in January, and then I was so pleased, uh, Sean, because two weeks ago, Friday, uh, I sat in, a, in an office in, uh, in New York City, and I uh, chatted for about an hour or so with the chief investigator assigned to Dorothy's case. He's working with an assistant district attorney there, and I was really pleased that uh, he'd read the book, he'd looked at all the videos, uh, they were starting to investigate and all of that, so at least so far, it looks like that Dorothy might get the justice she deserved so long ago. That That is awesome to hear, Mark. Great job. Uh, I, I really have to believe that a lot of that is based on your work, your research, and you're just uh, un, unbiased and, and continued mm-hmm. reaching for the truth. And that, that is just awesome, man. I, I really appreciate what you're doing. Uh, so what's the next step? Uh, well, uh, you know, I, I want to say, too, that uh, I know at le- of at least one person and uh, who, who called me because I was on your program and others who have called uh, because I was on other radio or television or in print, whatever it might have been, who've called or, or gotten in touch with me with email. Um, people from around the world have uh, gotten in touch with me and provided me with new evidence. And so anybody out there that hears this program and knows anything about what happened to Dorothy, even if it seems insignificant, um, that's what will help us move this investigation forward. Because I'm sharing my evidence now with the DA's office. And I can even tell you, we found a a, a woman in uh, Illinois through a a woman who read the book, uh, heard this woman at a library uh, presentation on JFK, uh, who said, listen, you know, I know something about Dorothy Kilgallen. I waited on her the night before she died at D.J. Clark's in New York City, and and she was blabbing about the JFK assassination. Well, that's important evidence because we believe that Dorothy did not keep it to herself. She told everybody what she was going to do about the JFK assassin, assassination, and that put her in danger. So uh, I want to thank you. You're a man of the truth like I am, and, and that's what we're looking for. And Anybody out there who believes that uh, uh, there's something wrong with a with a case, uh, uh, you know, a cold case so long ago or whatever, uh, I think this does prove that if you can come up with fresh evidence and and primary sources and all of that, that you can get an investigation. And how would people? What's an email or something that people could get in touch sure. with you? It's m shaw i n at yahoo dot com m s h a w i n at yahoo dot com or people can go to that website you mentioned. And just anything you might know uh, will really help us. And the more evidence that I can give the DA, uh, the better. My hope is, you ask what I hope will happen, I hope at, at some particular point, as you know, there's a main suspect who's still alive that I name in the book. And my hope is that they'll gather enough evidence to be able to uh, 
convene a grand jury uh, because there have been people who have come forward and there are people who has, have not come forward because they tell me uh, they're still scared after 52 years that somebody might harm them and those people need to, to, to be heard from because they do know a lot what, uh, about what happened to Dorothy. So uh, my hope is at some point, and it'll take some time, there's no question about that, right. but uh, my hope is at some point I'll be able to to tell you that a grand jury has been convened and they're really going to look into this very closely. Are you going to have any uh, any follow up um, any follow up books to go with what you've already started with, or are you just kind of focusing on the investigation at this point? Well, you're you're reading my mind. Uh, yes, I have begun a, a begun a second book because uh, the amount of fresh evidence that I've been able to uncover is mind boggling. Uh, I was able to find, uh, for instance, a woman who was alive and was a relative of one of the household help in Dorothy's townhouse. And while I was in New York, I was able to interview her for several hours and learn things about what happened on the, in the townhouse on the day Dorothy died. And so while I'll share that with the DA, I'm going to put it in a book because, again, I think it's important to do that because... Uh, so many readers have, have come forward who've read the book and then something tricks in their mind or whatever, they get in touch with me. So uh, my intent is to do that, and, and the publishing of the book will, will hopefully happen by next spring. Excellent. Well, make sure you keep me in the loop, man. I'd be happy to help you any way I can uh, to get that out there because all you're doing is sharing really true information. Uh, my my, uh, my co-host, Dave, just messaged me. He's back now, so I'd like to introduce you guys. Uh, for to, or Dave, you there? I'm here. All right, there we go. Dave, Mark Shaw, Mark Shark, Dave, you've heard what he's been saying, right, Dave? I, well, not only that, I heard him on uh, the Lou Rockwell show probably like a year and a half ago, two years ago, and I think his story is fascinating, and I love the fact that now there is uh, new evidence to support what he's saying. Uh, and so my question is, are you afraid for your life? <laughs> Well, thanks for asking that. And, and actually, Lou was a few months ago uh, because uh, he's he's an inquisitive, inquisitive person like you guys are, and I appreciated appreciated him talking to me. Um, people have asked me that, but you know, look, uh, how about you guys? You know, you're on the air all the time, and you're throwing things out there that a lot of people aren't going to agree with. Uh, so you you have that risk as well. Yes, my email's been hacked. My web, Facebook page has been hacked. I've gotten some very strange emails from people. But, you know, if you're a person who's going to pursue the truth like we are, that, that's part of the deal. And if somebody mm-hmm. wants to cause me harm, they certainly can. But uh, for the most part, uh, you, you know, there's more than 200 reviews up on Amazon. I've heard from people all around the world being very supportive of what I'm doing. So hopefully uh, most people want us to be able to find the truth and uh, if there's somebody that disagrees with that well then that's just part of the job well that's what i was going to say you well, know I, when we get to a point uh, here where we have people uh, you know it's taken 52 years with you 52 years from 9 11 are we going to have mm-hmm. a man like you writing a book like that that's finally presenting the the, the absolute ev- evidence that we've been looking for uh, it's it's just so many questions that need to be answered and you're bringing some great answers go ahead dave well, I, I just agree. Hiding in plain sight is probably the best thing ever because if, you, if you're on all these shows and you, you, you speak about all these things, uh, everything is being recorded. And if something bad happens to you, all of a sudden, you know, we have, everyone's got um, data that supports the, um, mm-hmm. the fact that you were 
flashing a light, uh, you know, shining a light on us, this ridiculous conspiracy theories. I was on a show, well, and, and none of us, none of us like a cover up. And and just look at this, you know. I fell into this. I didn't know anything about Dorothy, and, and I felt like she's influenced me from the hereafter time and time again, helping me find new evidence and all of that. But I think somewhere, somehow or another she chose me to, to kind of resurrect her because she was forgotten, you guys. She was just forgotten. And this was a, a, an inspiring, remarkable woman. And when she died in 1965, nobody stood up for her. They said she died of an accidental uh, overdose of barbiturates and alcohol, and nobody, not the family, not the What's My Line colleagues, not the journalists, not friends, not anybody said, hey, that's not Dorothy, something's wrong here. Right. Now, of course, they were scared, yeah. they say, because they thought that the most powerful forces in the world who had killed JFK, if they could kill Dorothy, they could come after that, after them. But for 52 years... You know, it's just like she never existed, and and we don't want that to happen. And so I applaud guys like you who are bringing up things and making people stop and think. That's what I like to do about my books, make people stop and think, because that's the most important thing to do. You know, you, you just don't accept a lot of things anymore, especially when the government's involved, that's for sure. Mark Shaw, markshawbooks.com. Uh, make sure you check out his book, The Reporter Who Knew Too Much, The Dorothy Kelgren, uh, no, um, say it again for me, Mark. I'm sorry. Kilgallen. Kilgallen. Kilgallen story. The Dorothy Kilgallen story. I don't know why I can't get that. I even wrote it like hypothetic, hypothetic, uh, hypo, what's that? Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. The the fact, the fact that you have, uh, Mark on here today saying the things, it's just, it's an eye opening thing. Cause again, I heard him on, uh, Lou Rockwell before he was on your show, uh, when I wasn't doing it. And I, it just, it, Kind of like, oh my God! There's somebody else that actually uh, is involved in this, and of course they perished at an early age, uh, which seems to be the script but, of whenever whenever you say something bad about the the, the 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 government's narrative, you kind of don't live anymore. Think um, of think of what Mark said though, and and this is very this is a very important thing that he said because I never knew of her until him. This investigation going on right mm-hmm. now is because of him. Uh, I've exactly. talked about her because of you, Mark. You've done uh, you've done a, a national service here. You know, if you really look at it, if this brings any light to to what happened to JFK by mm-hmm. by bringing to light what happened to Dorothy, this is mm-hmm. I mean, that's a national service. Well, I, I hope it is. I hope it is. And, and I will say this about Dorothy. How many people have emailed me? I've had emails from Iraq and Germany and Australia and all around the world, and, and, and especially in the United States, people saying, boy, I wish we had a reporter like Dorothy Kilgallen today, because she was a woman of the truth. Uh, she had the best sources. She didn't make up stuff like they do today. Uh, and so, you know, uh, she's gotten the respect that she always deserved. But God love her, you know, uh, we could use a reporter like that right now. I'm sure you'll agree. Oh, yeah. I thought we had one in uh, Ben Swan, and then he kind of, I don't know what happened to him. I don't. Have you ever heard of Ben Swan? I have not, no. He was a reporter out of Georgia, right, Dave? Uh, he was a reporter doing some local Fox uh, yeah. affiliate stuff, and George, he kind yeah. of exposed a lot of things and, and was able to move on to his own uh, private uh, uh, thing and then got shut down on February 1st wow. of this year. Yeah, well, he actually went back to, to a, a small town again doing a Fox affiliate or something wow. like that, and then all of a sudden 
all his websites went dark and he was like really he interviewed obama during the election he was one of the only reporters of a small nature like that to get to interview obama and he hit hard questions with him so it, wow. it is hard to find these people so uh authors like you that are uh, researching and, and digging. And for some reason, you got a lot of traction because there's other books out there that, that point out very important things that don't ever get the traction. So what could you suggest, uh, to people out there who are, who are, uh, you know, future authors or future investigators who, mm-hmm. who want to try to get the traction that you've been able to, and this is not, I don't, I don't feel with you this is a money thing. This is a really, this is oh, a personal no. drive in you. <laughs> There's no yeah, money and, in conspiracy theory. Well, it, it, you guys know it with books, you know. I mean, it, 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 you're never going to be a millionaire unless you're Grisham or one of those people. So that's never the, you know, I, I'm just a, I'm just trying to fight for Dorothy. And, and I think if I would say something to the people out there, the woman called me the other day. was looking into the mysterious death of her father's uh, brother in uh, Arizona in 1957. And there's some mafia involved in all of that. And I'll say the same thing to, to the audience here. I said to her, Look for primary witnesses. Go back and see if you can find people. And you may say to yourself, that's a long time ago. There's not going to be anybody around. Well, I'll tell you, it's amazing how many people are still alive that know about Dorothy's case 52 years later. So go after those people and try to find that, 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 that evidence that hasn't come forward, and then don't give up because you'll get to points with an investigation like the one I went through where you feel like you know you hit a dead end. Now, I had Dorothy helping me, I believe, so uh, I'm fortunate that way. But uh, what you have to do is just decide you're going to find the truth. It doesn't matter how long it's going to take. It doesn't matter how many people won't talk to you. All you need is that one glimmer of hope every once in a while that keeps you going, and one thing leads to another. I mean, you guys know that. One thing leads to another, and then you find something, and then that opens the door and all of that. So I really encourage authors and journalists to, uh, you know, it's hard work. But uh, if you're if you're pursuing the truth, all that hard work will be worth it. Is there any uh, is there any way that listeners or people out there can can donate or or help in the investigation? Is there any kind of uh, you know, GoFundMe's or anything out there to try to help add money or, or attention to this uh, investigation? Well, people have been very kind. There was a, a petition started up on Change.org, and I think there's a hundred or so people who've. Uh, signed that petition, which was very nice. Somebody emailed me the other day that wanted to do a uh, GoFundMe um, fund, and and I said I I certainly would support that for sure um, as to evidence that would, uh, you know, bring those people to uh, justice who were were responsible for Dorothy's death. But right now it's mostly just uh, somebody out there who may be listening and say, hey, you know, I I knew Jack Doyle, who was the main detective that went to kill Gallons, um, uh, townhouse on the day she died, or you know, I may know his his uh, daughter or son or nephew or niece, and you know, Jack Doyle said something to them about this or that, and that's the, that's what's happened. That's where I've gotten all this good information. So that's the best way people can help.
Yeah, reach out and help. Mark Shaw, MarkShawBooks.com. Get his book. Read the book. Understand what he's talking about here. Realize who these back people are. As the new one comes up, as we can do more things, we're going to continue to, this is what we do. This, this is the only way we're going to fix the problems we're looking at. Bombing, uh, Syria is not going to fix the problems we're looking at. Getting into a, a, a pissing match with North Korea is not going to help fix the problems that we're looking at. It's not going to solve the drug problem in America, the, the health problem in this country let's let's try to fix things and and getting to the bottom of some of these conspiracies as people like to call them is the best way to fix them we need answers we need to point it out until people start believing the things that are so obvious they're not going to believe the things that are so not obvious (laughs) so i have not say it better i have a question i have a question for mark go ahead dave um who does he think what journalist does he think you should follow to get more of the truth than is being told? Like, all right, wow. so here's the reason why I <laughs> it's asked hard, the question. It's a hard question. Because, sure. Go ahead. Because I, you know, what, what Glenn, I, I kind of was into the whole Glenn Greenwald thing because he, you know, helped exposed um, all of the uh, uh, Snowden stuff. But, you know, it just turns out within the last couple of weeks, you know, The Intercept screwed over uh, somebody that that um, sent uh, information to them privately uh, with the U.S. government and got her caught. You know, that's a reality winner. Got her caught within, you know, b- before they even uh, let the story go. Who, who is a trusted source? Uh, who, who, who does he think is a trusted source? I, I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it's I, raining I can't, now, so uh, I'm going to lower my mic. I can't, I can't give you one because I don't know of one, and that's sad. Somebody asked me the other day, you know, who should children these days look up to as a hero in this country? Right. And I said, I don't know. Yeah. And that's sad in many ways. We've, we've lost that integrity in people, in journalists. Uh, you know, it's, it's so much now, you know, get the news out quickly so you can beat everybody and all of that, and don't – you know, Dorothy checked her sources. She confirmed Don't source worry about one with source two. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and that unfortunately, that's what we have today. It, we just don't have those people that we can look at and right away believe that they're telling the truth. And that's a sad commentary, isn't it? It's a very sad commentary because, you know what, that goes throughout many different fa- uh, factions of our life. It, it doesn't just go through government officials it doesn't just go through news reporters it doesn't just go through law enforcement it doesn't just go through the boss you're working it's like everybody you don't know who you can believe in trust our society i hate to say it mark but i I really feel like our society is becoming this crumbling mess of stupidity well you know uh it's it's unfortunate but but that is certainly a, a, a an observation that that has merit um, you know, you can't walk down the street anymore and see a young person without their smartphone being on the on the tip of their nose. Um, you know, we, we, we go out to dinner and we see a family sitting there and the two little kids are looking at their parents who are both on smartphones. It, it's just gotten to, out of hand in terms of all this um, all this craziness to to want to keep up with everything and, and society's going so quickly all the time and everything and people don't stop and think anymore very much and that's that's where I think we've gone wrong now I'm all I'm old school so people will say I'm silly about that <laughs> but you know people need to stop and think before they believe something that's coming over that television or internet or wherever it is how many authors I know of 
who actually go to the Internet and get their, their, their material for a book and use those sources. Now, some of them are legitimate, but most of them are just copied from something else or whatever, Wikipedia, whatever it may be that way. That's not legitimate sources. That's just laziness. Go out there and find the truth. Find those people. Dorothy Kilgallen, in my opinion, guys, is the most credible reporter who ever covered the JFK assassination. Why is that? Because she's different than me or any other journalist or author who's written about the JFK assassination. Why? Because she was there. She was there. She was a first-hand witness to everything that happened, and that gives her the credibility that no one else has. Mark Shaw, the has, reporter who knew too much. Which most people don't have. Sorry, well, I got well, rain here. So good it's God, loud. it's raining, se- rain, raining, rainy season in Guatemala. Did you hear that, Mark? It's like just coming down. <laughs> yeah. oh. uh, that's not, wow. It's just, it's, 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 it, I have a metal roof here, so I'm going to shut my mic down. But, but, but I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. It's like it, the, the, the integrity is gone. It's yeah, completely well, we've gone. got to find a way to get it back, but I'm not sure what the way is. I wish I knew. What is it, it, right, well, here, guys like here's, you are making a difference, way, here, and that's that's what you have to do. Go ahead, Dave. Here's the, here's the way we get it back: is we do these small grassroots radio shows that we're on right now. Just to maybe we'll wake one person's mind, but we'll uh-huh. wake it up. The best yeah. when he first got there, Mark. It was like birds chirping in the background. Now we got this downpour of rain <laughs> beating on the roof. He's been there about seven weeks now. He's it's his, it's his experiment. I'll explain it to you real fast. Uh, it, it is rainy season, and I have more. Uh, I have. I want an anarchy. I got anarchy. I ride a motorcycle around here with no fucking license plate. Um, <laughs> anything I could do. I, I got weed. I got all kinds of drugs down here within the first couple of weeks. I could do anything I want. In front of the cops, nobody uh, gets met as long as I don't have a gun. <laughs> as long as I don't have a gun. <laughs> oh. Sounds like a good place to be. Uh, do you have room for uh, an author who might want to get away for a while? <laughs> Mark, it cost me $275 a month with internet, water, and heat. Uh, I, li- I live in this uh, tropical paradise. Well, not tropical. I live in this. It, it never gets above 75 degrees or never goes below 65. But I did have oh, a uh, 6.9 earthquake last week. Oh, I see. It was, right. his fir- it was his first earthquake ever that he ever experienced. All right, so, so here's the deal. I, mo- I moved down here because I'm on disability. In the, in the States, I am, I am going paycheck to paycheck. Down here, I live like a king. I know what to eat well, for breakfast, great. lunch, and dinner every day. Well, Sean and his wife and his wife and I will be there next week to, to join you. How's that? Been <laughs> talking about uh, it for sure. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be here next week, but I will get them down here. Sounds pretty good. Years. I'll tell you. Sounds pretty good. He's been trying I mean, to let get. Me us. Ask you, let me ask you this: What what is, what does your wife think of of uh, what we've said about uh, Dorothy from the from the woman's point of view, if you don't mind? I'm uh, fascinated. I'm going to look into her. I'll be honest. I wasn't really mm-hmm. familiar up until now. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely have been making some notes over here. I'm going to check that out, and I'm going to check good. out your book, too. Well, good. I, I, I Hopefully you'll uh, be inspired by her because she was, a, as I say, she was a... Uh, people have called her a patriot. Uh, there's a woman who emailed me has gone to her grave in, in uh, New York, uh, the New York area, and taking her flowers, and people have just uh, really found respect for Dorothy, and, and that's what I'm so pleased about, that uh, she's gotten that respect she deserves now. That's amazing. I really admire all that hard work you've done and will continue to do. 
Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll definitely keep uh, pushing on this. Mark, I got to know, a man like you, uh, I follow you on Facebook there. Uh, I've seen some of your travels and stuff, but what do you do to really turn all this off? How do you... How do you step out of that investigative mindset and that that author mindset and just relax? Well, I'm I'm a very blessed man. You know, I have a wonderful wife who's a librarian at a university, and uh, I live about uh, south of San Francisco. In about 20 minutes, I can get into our little toy, our little mini. Uh, convertible and drive over uh, to Ocean Beach, and there's a wonderful beach there. It's not very crowded, and I did that Saturday because I felt like I was getting a little overloaded, and so I, I took a. I like to read a novel or two and listen to the uh, the, the, the uh, San Francisco Giants baseball game on the on the uh, radio and sit there and just kind of take it easy and watch the surfers and things like that. So that's my that's my relaxation, but. This has been hard because Dorothy got into my mind uh, way back when, almost two years ago. And frankly, she's always there. Uh, it seems like, uh, for whatever reason, um, you know, uh, I have to watch because she'll lead me to, to certain things. And so she's always in there, but at least uh, for a few hours uh, every weekend, I can kind of say, Dorothy, uh, uh, take a little time out if you would and let me enjoy the ball game. <laughs> so hopefully she does that. Wow, that's interesting. Now, do you believe in paranormal and stuff like that? Do like, you really think like she's grabbed the party, or is it just so much in your head that it's grabbed the party? Like, because I'm not against believing that kind of stuff. I'm just, it's yeah, kind of no. curious, you know. Like, did yeah, she... I'm not, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a re- uh, too much of a real religious person, but I am a spiritual person, okay. and you know, uh, right from the beginning, uh, I don't know why. Uh, you know, when I when I first heard, uh, you know, Melvin Belli, the lawyer for Jack Ruby, his friends say that when when uh, Dorothy died, Belli, who knew Dorothy, said they've killed Dorothy, they'll go after Ruby now. I could not get that quote out of my mind. And I even wrote another book after that, and finally I said i got to look into this, and so I did. And right from the get-go, I have to say that uh, I felt her influence. Um, that not, you know, I, I can't hear her specifically, but I can feel her leading me in certain directions. Right. Um, and I can give you many, many examples of that happening up until yesterday when something new came along that I couldn't even possibly expect. And I just have a feeling that she nudges things along that way. Now, people may say I'm crazy that that, that occurs, but I don't think there's any accidents in life or coincidences. I think it's all a great uh, a part of some greater plan. And uh, for whatever Dor- uh, whatever reason, Dorothy uh, decided I should be her voice, and so... I'm continuing to do that and fighting for um, whether people uh, want to feel like that I need some uh, some mental uh, uh, health uh, assistance or not. That's up to them. But uh, Dorothy's been in my uh, on my side all the way through this. Well, a lot of people think I need mel- mental health too, including my wife and my best friend. So that's okay. Dorothy Kilgallen. <laughs> that's <a> common mishap. <laughs> Dorothy Kilgallen Story dot org. Mark Shaw Books dot dot com. Uh, Mark Shaw here, the author of the reporter who knew too much the dorothy kilgallen story um uh, mark dude i just last time i talked to you it was just me and you and i was i was so moved by it i'm so happy i can involve other people in this conversation with you um and this the, the fact that that something's happened 
that something's mm-hmm. moving forward because of it, whether you know it's it's all you or whether it's other little things, whether it's this broadcast or whether it's being on Bubba's show. Because you know, remember, I found you through Bubba. That's how that's I. That's right. Found I you. forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah so, and I'm going to send a copy of this of this interview to them and and make sure they okay. uh, hopefully they'll reach out to you again and bring you back on again okay. and get Thank get you. this Thank information you. into a major market kind of level. Uh, it's it's important. Well, it's, pe- it's people like you that that spread the truth. And uh, you'll think I'm crazy, but I, again, I don't think there are any accidents. I think Dorothy decided I probably should be on your show, and so you got back in touch with me. You got in touch with me to begin with, and then again. And so uh, I will bet you, I will bet you, and I'll let you know, somebody will be listening to your program, and they'll get in touch with me so, with some information. I can I, feel that happening. I hope so, man. It, I really do. It'll just happen. Somebody will obscure situation where, hey, they knew the brother or the uncle of this person or that person, and... Uh, you know, this is what they heard or whatever, and they'll get in touch with me, and then I'll take that and go forward. And and so you're one of Dorothy's loudspeakers as well here by uh, helping us try to find the truth about what really happened to her back uh, in 1965. Life works in such a strange way, Mark, uh, and, and I do believe we're all here for a reason. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm very the same way you are. I'm not religious. I hate religion. Religion is the worst thing that man ever developed. To be, I think the nuclear bomb is a much better development than religion by the human being. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, but I believe in the spirituality part. I believe there is more to us than mm-hmm. what we are right now. I just don't believe mm-hmm. the religious crap. I, I can't. Mm-hmm. I, I, All right. So suppose. Go ahead, Dave. So suppose he's wrong that that, that Dorothy is guiding him. He's going to stop raining, obviously. Truth. No, I got. That's why I can keep uh, opening up the mic. No. Uh, he's not guided so much by uh, her voice, by the truth. These are the things he's digging up and finding out that holy shit, she was really like she's this close to getting it all. And you know, mm-hmm. guess what happens? She's not alive anymore. And these are things that we can identify with because we've seen like uh, what is it, the fourth anniversary of Michael Hastings uh, that was you know killed in his. Uh, 2012 Mercedes-Benz that, oddly yeah. enough, had the ability to, to self-park. <laughs> let me tell Mark um, this story. Hold on. Let me tell Mark this story real fast, Mark. Uh, 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 a few years ago, Mark, we were doing a show. It was right after... Um, uh, wait, wait, hold, hold, hold on a second. Go ahead. I want to tell you something, Mark, that uh, Sean and I are really good friends, but we do not believe in the same things until uh-huh. something uh, comes to light. Go ahead. I see. <laughs> so, so we're together and we're talking about this thing. And he, he's actually here. It's a weekend. It was right after Michael Hastings' death. And, um, you know, I have a lot of belief that, uh, somebody hacked into his vehicle, whether it was the government or whether it was somebody that just didn't like him or, or somebody he was going after. They hacked into his vehicle mm-hmm. and crashed his vehicle. And Dave argued okay. this with me and argued this with, no, that's not possible. And then we did some research sitting down together behind a set of computers. Well, Hold on a second. I want to tell you, uh, I am a car guy. I've been building cars since I was 16 years old, right? And I make them faster and better than they can ever be beforehand. Um, so it was very difficult for me to swallow the fact that somebody else could have control of the car. And it wasn't until right. Sean had said to me, I, I, I'm, I'm sitting in his living room, and he goes, what about park assist? And I'm an IT guy also now, right? And I've, I've, I, I, I kind of, I, I build these Raspberry Pis. I build all these microcontrollers. I, I was kind of getting into it right around the time that this whole Michael Hutchinson thing happened. And he goes, uh, 
park assist. I was like, holy shit. That's uh-huh. that's it. And when, like I jumped up and we, we started looking up. It was like the 2012 Mercedes, you know, whatever the car he was driving, came with park assist, which meant it was controlled by a computer, which means it could be manipulated. That was the 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 uh, the thing for me. I'm like, oh my god, he might be right. <laughs> I might be right. You notice he said I might be right because we go back. Yeah, and well, forth. that's an admission of some sort. Yeah, that's an admission. <laughs> yeah. Of some sort. yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm just, just, just open up a possibility. I just, again, when I watched uh, Zeitgeist, and I thought to myself, oh my god, maybe Twin Towers shouldn't have come down. You know, it, it, it was kind of like a threshold moment for me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we can actually. And I, I, I started looking into it. It turns out you could, it, it, it controls the steering, controls the brakes, and controls the gas. The three things you need to go fast and drive into a fucking tree. Yep, exactly. You know, it's, it's amazing well, how that works. Somebody 33 years old who's who's uh, been a thorn in the side of a government dies and, and nobody's going to question it. Come on. Yeah, and nobody has still to this day questioned it. His wife came out and said a bunch of stuff at the beginning, and then she reversed herself just really? like you see a lot of different times uh and, wow. and this just yeah. goes to all that this this is the same same example i said about 9-11 actually this is a better example with the dilthy uh to dilthy the dorothy kilgallen story uh mm-hmm. michael hastings 52 years from now maybe there's gonna be a guy that writes a book that has more information uh you know you had made a comment earlier and i was on a, on a radio show earlier the last week or late last week, I guess I should have said. Um, and one of the comments we had was, or one of the comments made to me was, you know, the victor writes the history. And that's really true if you go way back in history. Uh, right around the end of World War II, Korea, Vietnam is when you started seeing um, uh, uh, diaries or, or more information being shared. Nowadays, mm-hmm. not only well, nowadays, nowadays, there's no hiding that we have this. We have so many different outlets that people are sharing information on an instant mm-hmm. with Facebook Live no or way. Periscope or whatever it be. That this information well, is completely being shared immediately. Go ahead, Dave. Well, what I'm saying is, it, it's still the rewriting of history is is taking place. How many statues? How many Confederate statues did they take down in the South in the last? year right look i'm a northerner right i'm a fucking born and bred in new york city uh, explains a lot right I'm there still, mark I'm, I'm still a registered <laughs> democrat right uh but you know i understand why the south seceded from the north and and you know slavery was just a small part of that it was taxation it was all this taxation well representation you know uh, you know it turns out the north turned into you know um what they fought up England in 1776. Um, so um, I don't know where I was going. Hey, with you this, spun but, yourself um, into a circle there, brother. I got to tell you the truth. Really. I did. I did. I'm drinking. I'm drinking cannabis coffee. I'm drinking cannabis tea right now. So I might be a little too high. Yeah, you might be this. possibly. Well, you you said you said that the victors write the the, the history. Mm-hmm. All right. Look! Look what happened right. with Dorothy's case. Okay, uh, you know, cens- uh, murder is the worst, uh, the, the strongest form of censorship. So she dies, <laughs> and her file disappears, and so she never writes about the JFK assassination in a book or anything else like that. Well, the killers won here, because now we've uncovered all of this information and everything of what she what she found back then in the Ruby trial and all these other kind of things, and that's come out. But for fifty two years, it's been buried. Look how the course of history would have been changed. If Dorothy hadn't died, she was 52 years old, and she was going to expose all this in a credible way, in my opinion. 
and then we would have known more about what happened back then. So now you got this 33-year-old guy, Hastings, who was a thorn in the side of the government, and you have to think to yourself, just think about what would have happened if he continues to live. Here's a guy who was a person of the truth, apparently, and wasn't scared to write the truth and all of that. That's what is the sad part of this. So if somebody was responsible for his death, then they're the winner here, unfortunately. And that's not how it should be. It's not how it should have been with Dorothy, and that's not how it should be now. Mark Shaw, MarkShawBooks.com, the DorothyKilgallenStory.org. Check it all out. Mm-hmm. Research this information. Fascinating, fascinating uh, history there. It, it absolutely is, Mark. I, I appreciate everything you're doing. Again, you have my email. You reach out you to bet. me. You let me know if there's anything I can do. I'm going to send this interview over to the Bubba uh, Studios, over to the guys over okay. there to try to get Thank some, you. maybe get another interview with them. Uh, you're talking 10 okay. affiliate, affiliates okay. throughout the country. Uh, some great, let's get this out. We need to keep this moving forward. Anybody out there listening that does radio, you want Mark's information. You don't even need to ask me. He just, Mark, give it again. MarkShawBooks.com. You can get a contact there. Is there a direct email that they can send it to? Yeah, again, it's M, it's M Shaw, I N. Uh, at yahoo.com but i will uh, require that the next interview we do be in the uh, uh the land of guatemala if you don't mind <laughs> I, I i would like i would love to do that my friend i can no, get there I, I from together, here i could put together a radio show at a local bar we'll have the best time ever perfect <laughs> cost us 20 perfect. bucks gringos locos host razradiolive.com gringos locos right 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 gringos locos they have an internet connection there Oh, so don't forget that. those drugs, okay? Don't forget those drugs either uh, when when we come down there. So, yeah, we need some of that weed hey. tea, Dave. <laughs> all right, Mark. All right, so, all right you guys. So thank quick. you so much for doing this. Bless you. Uh, I love it, man. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you again soon. Have a great one. Okay. Peace Bye-bye. out. There goes Mark, man. That that was uh that was a lot of fun. What do you think, Dave? Uh, I, well, I like that interview threefold, and here's the reason why. Because I heard it on Lou Rockwell first. Then I heard it on a show when I wasn't doing the show. But I had listened to that show. And now I'm, I'm now the third time I'm part of it. right? Because, like again, the first time I heard it on Lou Rockwell, I was like, this motherfucker's got uh, – he's got uh, evidence. right? He's not actually kind of digging up stuff. He's, dig- he's just shining a light for what somebody else had done. And it is incredibly uh, eye-opening, as far as I'm concerned. But he's so focused and committed. To, he knows he, to that. Yeah, he's he, on it. What he's yeah. saying, right? So that at MarkShawBooks.com, he's got other books about other things. He has right? done. Just, he's done a bunch the, of yes, books. Yes, I was dude. scrolling through. I'm like, wow, yeah. this man is. He covered Watergate. Yeah, One of his busy. books was a Watergate <laughs> book. Yeah, he, he's no joke, man. He's no joke. No shit. I can't believe he's still alive. Yeah, MarkShawBooks.com. Go there, check out what he's got. The Dorothy Kilgan, Kilgallen story dot org. Uh, I wrote it out phonetically over here in your notes. I, I'm going to say <laughs> this was my second most favorite show. The the, the first most favorite show was the uh, uh, Adam the Night of Adams. The, 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 um, night, the night Yeah, Adam Adam House, yeah, Adam Kokash. We had Adam House, Adam, Adam Kokash, Adam Armstrong, uh, Adam. 
Uh, who's right? The... Six Adams. <laughs> I don't even remember them all. But it, just, it was the greatest show ever. <laughs> but I, I would have to say that this is the second best show because you know, we we deal with a lot of bullshit and uh, and uh, 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 things that we think might be wrong. But this guy is chasing uh, a story that a reporter was chasing. He's not uh, being. He's not adding anything to it. He's just digging up what she thought, which I think is fantastic. Can I just say I was supposed to leave at 7.30 because I had to get stuff ready for Sean because he has to leave tonight, but I didn't want to leave the interview. (laughs) You couldn't. It's a great interview. Fascinating. Mark Shaw, MarkShawBooks.com. And you know what I got to say? When he said that somebody heard my show and referenced my show when they contacted him. That's awesome. Whether it was another show host that was emailing him to come on or somebody with information. That I, that made I think me he feel was good. Trying to point out too that no matter how trivial or meaningless you might think any information you might know about that situation would be, he wants to know it. If you know something, yeah. you know, By so yeah. that would be yep. cool to. Would, I mean, the littlest thing could tip off a big big deal. It could change everything. That was a great thing because he, he had said, "Yeah, contact me directly if you know something." Because he's right. You know, people that have kept their mouths shut for the last 50 years, they may want to actually say something. i got to get a gate here sooner or later so that you can't hear the fucking rain. <laughs> it's what happens, brother. It's what happens. MarkShawBooks.com. Uh, make sure you check it out. The DorothyKilgallenStory.org. Uh, you know, not very often do you feel that you've done something, but I feel like I've accomplished something this evening. Uh, Dave... What do you got to say, brother? It was a fascinating interview. I love being a part of it. Thank you so much. All right, brother. You be safe down there in Guatemala. We'll talk to you soon. Honey? Good night, all. Thank you for listening. I'll have this one posted up real quick because I'm really impressed with this interview, guys. I love you. Be safe. Remember, you're only as human as you treat the human that's standing next to you. Take care of the other humans that you, you deal with. Make life great, my friends. I'll talk to you next week. Peace out. Always trying to prove that we're worth what it takes. But it takes a long time in the dirt to see grace. When I'm trying to be real, they tend to be fake. When I'm risking it all with no time to waste. Fuck this bad race. I'm leaving this place It's time to blast off Destination space With the sunset hung behind us And the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free unguided Through the beautiful, the silent With the light show from a passing UFO Lost in the glow of the unknown Please don't go And I don't know how I got here or how I'm getting home But right from day one I've been in this alone 
With odds stacked against stopping been drowning in stress They said, can you take more? I said, give me what's left An old man once told me Ali, don't have a love back Keep your eyes on that prize And give them hell to your death This is a test Just a frequency check For intelligent life Now's time to connect It's an SOS The death's been sent So now we just wait And hope for the best With the sunset hung behind us And the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole Unguided through the beautiful asylum with the light show from a passing UFO Lost in the glow Of the guys so much thanks the first 52 is the bump diggity Talk to me, it comes to torture me. Still 
Don't you just like God? 